Georgia, the founder of Greedy Vegan, and welcome back to another episode of Catch Ups in My Kitchen. This podcast is about all things food plant based food, non plant based food, and everything in between. This podcast aims to discover people's food journeys and stories because whether you are a professional in sport, work in beauty, or the food industry itself, everyone's got a story to tell. This podcast means so much to me and Greedy Vegan, so if you do enjoy this episode, please, please like, share and subscribe. I hope you're hungry as there is a lot cooking in this conversation. This week, I'm joined by Henry Milroy, the founder of Pan and Ice. Pan and Ice is such an amazing product from the way it's made with fresh natural ingredients on an ice cold pan to the way it looks in the nice beautiful rolls and of course to the way it tastes. Henry talks to us about the amazing story of how pan and ice came about whilst he was traveling in Thailand with his best mate. Henry then goes on to share the journey with us from their first market stand in a countryside fair to now being open in Westfield Stratford and they even headed out to Coachella this year. This is an amazing story and an amazing product. So without further ado, let's go and talk all things Pan and Ice. So I'm sat here with Henry from Pan and Ice and I'm super excited. I've seen this product loads in, in like shopping centres and tried it many, many times and I'm really excited to hear the whole journey. So before we start, do you mind giving us a really quick elevator pitch about who you are, what you do? Yeah, so I'm Henry Milroy, so I started... Hananized back in June 2015. At the time, I was actually um, at Birmingham University doing engineering. Um, and then me and my good mate, we went traveling around Southeast Asia, Thailand for a few weeks. Um, and whilst out there, we discovered this really cool concept of making ice cream. And yeah, saw it and then pretty much dropped out of uni the next day. And that's where Palanice began. It's so crazy. I've got so many questions about that. But before I ask those, I've got a few quick fire questions to ask mm-hmm. you just about food. So sweet or savoury? Oh, sweet, definitely. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Juicy burger. Ice cream or sorbet? Ice cream. Crisps or popcorn? Ooh, uh, crisps. Cook in or eat out? Cook in. And what is your favourite delivery? Oh, wow. That's really hard. I know, it is That's a hard so one. so hard because I've gone through so many recently. <laughs> um, Papa Chicha. Oh, what's that? Yeah. I haven't heard of this. It's like an Italian near me. Okay, But it's nice. like really good. Like, yeah, like the pizza's good, the pasta's good. I've been ordering it loads recently. Oh, nice. I love Italian food, so yeah. literally, yeah. That's, a good Italian. Yeah, that, and there's another, well, yeah, I also like an ice cream shop called Odino's, which is a bit, Ooh. I know, yeah, a bit of a competitor. I love getting gelato yeah. sent to me from them Where's that all the based? time. I haven't tried that they're yet. They're based in, I'm not sure where they're based, but I'll just get them delivery. It's just incredible gelato. Oh, I, love, yeah. I do love ice cream, so yeah, I'll I literally love try it. that. Yeah, all the time. So you kind of touched on how it all began with your trip mm-hmm. to Thailand. So you kind of say that you were in Thailand, saw this ice cream being made, and then you dropped out of uni. I mean, how quick was that decision? And yeah. were your family a bit like, 
are you okay? Like, yeah, yeah. are you sure this is what you want to do? Yeah, so it was towards the back end of the trip. Um, we were basically in Kopipi and we were really drunk one night and we on one of the side streets there was like these like like stalls like food stalls and outside one of them had a really big like audience of people like filming so we went up to it at first we didn't have a clue what this thing was it looked like crepes um and then we realized it was ice cream being made in front of you so we were like like that is so cool like look at the audience that's filming it people love it we looked at each other and basically said look why is this not in the uk um and then I don't know, like straight away really. The next, well, it was actually the next day because it was quite late at that time. The next day, um, I was on the beach and I literally decided to like email my tutor at uni, tell them I'm not coming back. And that was kind of it. It was, it's literally like that. I mean, I was already probably going to drop out of uni because I wasn't enjoying the uh, academic side of it. I love uni as the, like, as the life, as the social side of it, but not the academic side. I was so over it by then. Um, and this just gave me like the final piece I needed to just, take the courage to drop out um and then yeah that that was literally it from that moment onwards it was pad and ice I was the rest of the holiday was spent literally ideas thinking of a brand thinking of a name that all these little crazy. things and your family when you told them were yeah, they like yeah so my family told so yeah, before before I even went on this trip I was telling you know my mum my dad you know I wasn't that keen on uni anymore like um I just wasn't had no drive for it anymore, so I think they may. Be, I'm, I'm quite dyslexic as well, so mm-hmm. I think they were maybe expecting me to not want to go back. Um, they knew the type of person I was. I've always been very creative, like get bored extremely easy. Like, you know, I can't focus on anything for too long. So I think they were maybe expecting it. Um, I don't think they had any faith though in this ice cream thing. <laughs> I had. I, I literally had. They probably just thought it was a bit of a, a bit of a joke at start, um, and they yeah they didn't. They didn't really take me seriously, I don't think, right at the start. No, that's just amazing, though, to have that. You obviously had mm. such like, a belief in it, like, mm. not knowing you did at the time, but just something, yeah. like, above was probably, like... I yeah, mean, I was yeah. just... I was just... At that at that stage, I was just completely naive, though, as well. I didn't, like, know... I didn't know, like... I didn't know anything about starting a business, so I just... All I knew was, like, this was really cool. Like, I first of all, I really liked the taste of it. Like, I kept... I kept eating it. I got loads of them that night. So I loved it. And I just, I just kind of went with it. I didn't think about all the negative side effects. Because I think if I knew what I knew now about starting a business, about how hard it is and about, you know, the moments you go through, like it's so hard, I probably wouldn't have started it. So I yeah. think it's actually a blessing that I didn't, I was very naive and didn't know about all the, you know, the bad things. Um, Definitely. So I just jumped in it, basically. I completely agree. Naivety is the best. I was yeah. exactly the same. Like, my, I think my dad was a bit like, are you sure? And I was like, yeah, yeah. obviously. Like, 100% sure. Yeah, and now yeah. I'm like, oh, I know what you mean. Yeah. So you mentioned the name. So Pan and Ice, where did that come from? So obviously you started, yeah. you thought of it whilst you were out there. Yeah. And how did you come up with that? I, weirdly, before I went out there... Um, don't know how I saw a video, there was a video on maybe social media, Facebook or something before I went out there from a company in America. I don't know how it ended up on my feed, but it was called um, Ice Pan. Okay. And it was, it's a similar concept. They, um, if anybody knows like Cold Stone Creamery, it was similar to that, where they have like ready-made ice cream and they add toppings, etc. And it's called Ice Pan. And I watched, must have watched those videos just before I went to Thailand, so it was on my mind that that name of the company and I literally just flipped the words around. Oh my God, so good. So, and then put N in the middle, so pan and ice. It, there wasn't much thought into it again. Like yeah. I just, and then we just went with it. Um, but it is what it is. And it, it, makes, it makes sense. Like a, it's like a metal pan, and then it's obviously icy, so it's pan and ice. Kind of works. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, yeah so that, good. that was it. And then in terms of the logo, the branding, that was again really simple. Um, we had a friend who's a graphic designer, and we, I think it was just yeah the last couple of days of the trip in Thailand, we basically gave him a summary of like kind of what we what we were going to sell. We had this ice cream rolls. We we're talking about you know how, how we want the brand to feel. Um, some original designs of the logo were like a flying a flying um, cow holding <laughs> holding spatulas. <laughs> like yeah, I've got the I have got the uh, video the pictures on my phone. But yeah, it's a flying cow, and then we kind of like turned it into more of like a running ice cream cup with, with ice cream rolls coming at the top. And we used that logo literally until like a year ago where we did a rebrand. But yeah, it was so it good. was all just off the cuff. We didn't think about things too much. We just did it. Um, mm-hmm. and I, again, it's all about that was because we were naive and stuff but I think that's that was a blessing because otherwise we would have spent ages perfecting everything um, yeah. which is what most people try to do now and it's you just it, need to it do just, it yeah I live by the phrase just do it like yeah. I am definitely one for that and I think you can overcomplicate it mm. if you do try and like perfect it and change and think too hard like similar with me with mine with the name Greedy Vegan I think I was going through all sorts of names like Earth's Pantry and I was like well this yeah, sounds yeah, so yeah, yeah. like complicated and yeah. I was like greedy vegan just works like yeah it's, like, it's cool yeah and I think sometimes the most obvious things definitely definitely exactly. are the best yeah so then it comes down to the technique so when you're mm. watching people create these amazing yeah. roles there looks like there's such a technique to it how yeah. long did it take you to master that and like how did you even go about yeah getting the ingredients and trying to master it so we had so yeah so we kept we came back from Thailand and um the next step was to like get the the, get the equipment so I looked online basically Um, it took me quite a while because I had no idea what this machine was called I was typing in all sorts of weird things but eventually I found on Alibaba um, these like these machines um, that could be made in China so yeah we we very quickly brought two of them um, because we knew we basically wanted to do some festivals we came back from Thailand in June and we wanted to get some festivals done by September at least a couple just to test it just to test the business just to see how you know if we can do it or not anyway yeah we bought these machines from China again no experience in ever dealing with China before or anything um, and then they literally turned up the day before our first event in oh which happened in September it was like a uh, it was called Arlesford County Show um, it was like this really small event in the countryside somewhere um, but yeah, they turned up the day before, so we, we received them at our warehouse, which is my dad's barn, basically, and then we pretty much stayed up all night, like, trying to learn how to make these things, these ice cream rolls, bearing in mind we had no one to teach us, all we had to go by was the videos that we took in Thailand and YouTube, so we were like, yeah, it was it was a bit of a disaster, really, we, we spent, we had, yeah, it took us a very long time to do it, because we just literally had no idea, we had no idea, like, what cream to use as well, so that was another thing, I remember... In that, in that gap between us receiving the pans, I was um, at home and trying to learn about what cream to use because I didn't know what they were pouring in that pan. I thought it was milk. Mm. So I basically used to get baking trays, put them in the freezer and then put, like, dr- go get dry ice and put it underneath and just like practice with different creams, milks, everything from the local shop. Um, and eventually we found something. But yeah, it was all just kind of like literally had to like learn everything ourselves. There was no one's teachers. At the first event, the ice creams were pretty awful. Like we were probably taking like 10 minutes to make one portion. <laughs> um, but yeah, we just kind of like made mistakes, learned, and that was that was it really. That is crazy. That yeah. is so crazy. So how long did it take from that first little festival to getting into Westfield? 
Yes. That was kind of like your next. Yeah, so that was our first big step. So for the first two summers, we did festivals and events. Um, so yeah, like actually the first three summers, that was all we did. Just loads of festivals and events, like as many we could do. We, we said yes to everything, literally, no matter how big or small the festival was, we, we did it. Um, and it was crazy busy. Like we were getting our mates all involved for those, and it was so much fun. So a lot of the festivals we did there and events were just a complete waste of time. Like we literally made no money at some of them if it rained or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then from there, we decided, you know, we we don't want to become like a trader. We a festival trader because some of these companies that's all they do. Just each summer they trade the festivals and they go on holiday during the winter and they come back and trade. We want to become an actual household brand. Mm. Um, so then we. We basically had an opportunity come to us, someone met us at a festival, um, to open in Cabot Circus in Bristol mm. as like a, with like an um, external kiosk space. So we ended up buying a truck, like an ice cream truck, converting it to put our machines in and stuff like that. And that was our first retail experience. Um, so that, yeah, that launched with that for like a year. It was interesting, to say the least. It was um, some days we would literally make like £10. Yeah. as in sales yeah. so £10 I'd literally be in there on my own in Cabot Circus on a cold winter day and I'd make like £10 and that, that happened loads some weekends it was a bit better but anyway like it was not it was not great um, and then we did a fest we did a event at Lon- in London called Taste of London the winter edition which mm-hmm. you probably know um, at Tobacco Docks and there someone I had my stack of business cards on the side and someone from Westfield Senior um, picked up, obviously picked up my business card. And because the, the following week, someone contacted me saying, "Hey, like one of the directors of Westfields um, saw your product at Taste of London, is really interested in getting you guys into Westfields, Westfield Stratford. They knew about our truck that was in Bristol, and they were like, can you take that, bring the truck from Bristol, and put it into Westfield Stratford just for like a couple months over summer, just to test it. So straight away, this was like massive to us. We were like, yes, um, and we literally." took the truck out of Bristol straight away and put it straight into Bristol Stratford um, at this time it's important to notice that it was literally just me and my, my business partner at the time was still at uni so it was kind of just me I was like getting some mates to help now and then but um, ultimately it was just me so I basically had to I, in Bristol I was living on my mate's couch he was at Bristol UE um, studying so I lived, lived, lived there and then I had to move to London so I was, again slept on another mate's couch he lived in London Wow. And then I had to open this key up, this truck in Westwood Stratford all on my own. And it was like, I don't know how, how it happened. But anyway, we opened for the first day and it was just crazy. Like That is just mad. Yes, yeah, it's nuts. So busy. So I've got a few things to ask. So firstly, going back to when you were in Bristol, mm. how did you keep motivated when you had £10 being sold yeah, a day? Yeah, yeah. Like how, what kept you going? Yeah, um... So I'm, there's a few, there's a few things. First of all, I had a belief in the product, um, like from seeing it in Thailand, from seeing it at some festivals when it's a sunny day, for example, like I knew that it is a cool product. Like people do love it. Like people always film it. Um, so it was, that was one reason like I knew it was just, you know, I need to just get through this. And the second of all, it was just about my personality. I'm extremely competitive. Um, I don't really give up or anything until I, until I complete it. Mm. Um, so I, I was adamant in my mind, I'm not going to give up. Um, like, yeah, it's just the way I am. Like I will, I will do something to succeed basically. Yeah. Um, 
and also, I mean, I, I don't know, around around Bristol, though, we were doing really cool events, which so that kind of balanced it out. Like, okay. so if it was just that on its own, that would have been really hard. But we were making, you know, reasonable bits of cash at these other festivals around it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, sometimes it was really hard. Like when you're exhausted, because bearing in mind, I was waking up in Bristol from my couch, walking to the site every morning, then leaving in the evening, then doing the same again every single day on yeah. my own on your feet as well. Literally, on my feet. Like it's 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 a physical job. So. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it was really hard but then also like reading books about entrepreneurship it's meant to be hard and it is meant to be hard like you need to push through these bad times to like, learn like build mm-hmm. yourself um so I knew it was all part of the process in a way mm-hmm. like I knew that if I can get through this you know it'll make me stronger it'll, you know it's just it's just more tests trying to be put in front of me yeah and then obviously Stratford was crazy crazy busy mm. and a massive success so how do you think did, do you think social media had a massive um, yeah. impact on that success? Or what other factors do you think played into that? Yeah, so we started Pan and Ice. I really, like, it was quite lucky, really. So it was when no one knew about this ice cream roll thing. So when people, we basically started um, putting out videos and stuff, and they started going viral. So we were, like, the first person, first people in the whole of the UK to start this, especially London. So as soon as, like... I think we had a couple um, big food bloggers come down to Westall Stratford and announce we were there. It was all social media driven. Like everyone found out about this on social media, and that's how that's why we got busy ultimately. Mm-hmm. And back then, um, our follow, our like social media was just our Instagram was like skyrocketing. Like we'd be putting up videos, like really basic homemade videos of us of me just rolling ice creams, and it'd be getting like millions of views. Wow! Like literally the millions of millions of views, hundreds of comments. It was just so powerful because no one knew about it back then. Yeah. Like now it's so much harder because everyone, well, a lot of people know about ice cream rolls, so it's not, it's not new anymore, which makes it harder to do, you know, to just like grow your social media, etc. Back then it was just like perfect timing. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And everyone wanted to try it. We had people coming down from Scotland, like everywhere, literally to try these ice cream rolls. So it's, it was amazing. That is really, really cool. So then the pandemic hit. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what happened when that hit? Because obviously a lot of your business at that time was in public spaces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so we had the events part of the business and then the retail part of the business. Um, so like we had the shops and then we did loads of festivals, private events, corporate events. So yeah, when the pandemic hit, it was like basically shut down those the whole business completely. Like I had to um, furlough slash... Uh, get rid of all of my staff so again it went back we had a team of around 50 and then it went down to just me um I moved out of London back to my family home um and then yeah like it it got it's crazy like I was literally I remember we had like Westfields London launch that was well it was there so I the way I was trying to make money was the start was I was just traveling up to London sitting in Westfields on my own and just trying to get to do delivery orders and Uber Eats orders oh so I sit there all day literally I got a chair and I just sat in my kiosk there was no one in Westfields like literally it was like not even security guards it was weird um, and I was just sat there for like weeks and end trying to get delivery orders um, oh to try to get a bit of cash into the business because obviously zero zero events and zero retail like everything was shut 
didn't really work out again. I felt like I was back in Bristol at that time. We were literally, you know, I was getting a couple orders. Um, oh, God. Literally. And how was your, like, what were you feeling then? Because I yeah, literally oh, it's just scary, been like, yeah. oh, my God, you know, you've done all yeah, of this. Yeah, you've been yeah, yeah. up and up and up and up and suddenly. It was, it was very scary. Obviously, look, the government were doing things to help. So I had that to think about as well. Like, it wasn't like the government were help supporting businesses and we did get support, which is really good. Um, but I knew, you know, I knew I needed to do something else. Like, again, it's my personality. I, I will not sit still. Like, if something's not working, I'll try something else. Mm. So that's where the whole, you know, at-home DIY stuff came in. Um, it was something I already knew about, these DIY, like, bringing Pan-Nice to the home. But this kind of accelerated it. Um, so straight away, kind of as the pandemic started, I was already looking at manufacturers in China for these for, to make my kits. I was already receiving samples, doing tests. Um, that process was t- took quite a while. They like to find a good product because a lot of them were not very good. Um, but yeah, I can't exactly remember where in the pandemic we launched our DIY kits. Um, but yeah, it just so happened like now that's become one of the main the main parts of our business. These DIY kits and it's so just, good. Yeah. I can imagine like you know a lot of parents were teaching their children at school mm. all this homeschooling and to be able to yeah. then I don't know after school club yeah. type thing at home it's making crazy. ice cream rolls like that's such a good yeah it must have been so great for yeah children especially children but everyone mm. would no, love it was to be great. able to do that. Like, literally um yeah the first few weeks were quite slow of when we launched these DIY kits it was more of a testing period I only bought a few hundred from China or like I can't remember, like 200 or something with these kits, just to kind of test it. It was quite slow. I'd never, I didn't know how to market this, market this product. Bearing in mind, again, it was just me. All my staff were furloughed or quit, for example. So it was just me. So I had to, like, I was sitting in my bedroom. I had to get all the designs done myself. I helped a mate help me. So everything was done by me again. Looked really crap, the first designs. But mm. anyway, yes, yeah, so we got f- the first couple hundred sold quite slowly. Um, and then we. It, but it's still sold and then we we kind of took the feedback from there and bought another order that arrived a couple of months after that and then that we we bought quite a lot the next order and then um i got brought back some of my staff I remember my social media manager at the time like brought back him into work and we kind of sat together and like devised a little plan of how we're going to sell these and then it's yeah then it it exploded. Um, so good. I'm not sure exactly what the reason was, whether it was like an article that went out. I think there was a new, numerous reasons. I think the timing was quite good. I think it was around Christmas, potentially. Um, the second order came in, but it literally exploded to the point where, like, at that moment as well, we were fulfilling everything ourselves in my little office, like just doing everything from there as like a fulfillment centre. Mm. And it, yeah, it just was crazy. Um, like so great. hundreds and hundreds of orders a day of these DIY kits just going out the door like we were literally filling the whole office up with boxes that is amazing uh, and so now is the business kind of 50-50 with the yes DIY now that the DIY has kind of leveled out a bit it was at a massive peak back then in COVID times because everyone was at home so mm. it's now leveled out a bit um, so now the three businesses we have is the events business the retail business and the DIY and they're all kind of leveling out. It's quite nice to have. They're all very different, though, parts of the business. So if one, you know, isn't doing well, the others normally do well. Mm. So I've kind of, like, secured the business quite well. Definitely. Um, so if another pandemic comes, we've got, we can rely on the DIY or, yeah. you know. And, like, now summer's here. Exactly. And, like, everyone's, like, wanting to do as much as possible. Events yeah. must be super Events busy. Events are busy and retail's busy. Um, yeah. And DIY isn't as busy, but it's still okay. Um, yeah. No, that's really, really great. Mm. So in terms of, like 
consumers have you noticed a trend or a slight shift in like consumers tastes in terms of dairy and mm. non-dairy how has that been yeah so we um we we launched our vegan range into our shops about two years ago at the start it was very slow people mm-hmm. just you know i'll say like one percent of our orders were vegan say yeah. um however yeah it's uh, things are massively changing like mm-hmm. in all of our stores are the all the the, the the vegan options are becoming way more popular people are always asking as well like guys do you have vegan options at events like people are always interested in that some of the big corporate events we do now just want vegan items yeah. um so yeah no we've noticed the massive shift i mean me personally as well i have i i now try eat vegan more so like i prefer the vegan pan and ices yeah. i think they're so nice like they're honestly if i close my eyes like i think the vegan ones are more creamy than the dairy ones that's amazing um so yeah we're we're i think moving into the future i can see as potentially yeah going 50 50 vegan and wow that's dairy, really good. which is amazing which i wouldn't i would have never have thought that you know no. a few years ago but i think that's just people are becoming more aware of these things yeah um, and how about the recipe for the vegan one did that take some more yeah kind of like research and practice and yeah I guess it's hard when you only had at the start one percent of people wanting it so yeah you weren't going to waste your, en- yeah, your yeah. energy and time into it so how yeah. did that work so we started off with just like coconut cream mm-hmm. mixed it with sugar like it was a homemade recipe um it was okay but it was more like a, it wasn't like that indulgent ice cream for us it wasn't like yeah it had more of a sorbet texture if I can describe it like that um and then we have now it's become more popular we've been investing more and more time in perfecting that recipe um so we've recently just gone to a new recipe which is as I said earlier it's like it's unbelievably nice and it's made like a mix of like soya coconut um and it's super creamy it's really easy to use because before we were having to hand make everything like this new new mix we've got is just as easy to use as our um dairy option mm-hmm. so yeah it's something that we're really proud of like i've said if, if you can go try our vegan options because yeah. they're literally so good they're so good that's really really cool and what about plant-based in general for yourself like mm-hmm. how are you finding the movement at the moment are you plant-based yourself mm-hmm. um yeah where do you kind of stand yeah. with it all in general so i'm um more like pescatarian i have tried to become more like I, yeah so i where i can i eat um, plant-based so like i don't drink milk mm-hmm. um you know i have oat milk all the time or almond milk and just generally like if i I, yeah I try not eat anything you know with meats in it I even try to avoid fish but sometimes I can't avoid fish yeah. like from my holiday I do like to have fish sometimes yeah. um but yeah generally like I, I think everyone even my friends I'm noticing everyone's trying to push to more more towards that plant-based yeah lifestyle I think you know with all those films and documentaries that came out I think they were a big push like seeing like the conditions and like some of these things um is really scary and off-putting yeah. I think the 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 first time I tried to go vegan though was after I read a book called um, How Not to Die or something. Okay, yeah, I've heard of it. I yeah, it. no, it's really, I read it actually and I was on holiday, reading it on holiday and that like kind of was like, oh my God. I mean, I don't know how much it was true, um, but it was like that completely put me off meat straight away. Yeah. I and mean, since that book, I don't think I've actually eaten like meat, like chicken, red meat, etc. Yeah, no, I think it is, it is hard to go like the whole way. Mm. And I think no one should be, 
push to go the whole way yeah, because yeah. I don't think if, if we all I don't think the world is set up for us all to be vegan no. anyway so I think that's it makes yeah. sense for us all to be able to kind of do it how we can when we can but not yeah. the whole way but it is really scary when you read these things yeah and see all the documentaries it's like oh my god what how did I not know about this before yeah so yeah no it is really and also like vegan food now though is like so nice like mm. you can't tell the difference like literally there's like meat alternatives yeah exactly um, but I have something called all plants mm. every oh yeah day with, like the ready made and I literally love them like they are so nice and I can never tell that they're, they're vegan yeah that, um, that's so true I haven't actually tried all plants but they yeah. look so good yeah no it's brilliant and we do yeah so I have all plants for lunch and a mindful chef at night cause, cause I'm oh so my bus- god I'm so, so busy all the time so I literally just have to like have these subscriptions um, that's really good so, yeah. That, yeah, that is so cool. So, what is your favourite pan and ice combination? So, if anyone's listening and they haven't tried it, can yeah. you highlight and sell to us, like, some of your favourite Yeah, so, um, one of my favourites of all time is pistachio, white chocolate and caramel. So wow, that that's really Yeah, that's really nice. Um, that's definitely one of my favourites. Another one is... Um, it's the vegan one, which is passion fruit and mango. Mm. Super nice. If you ever had a Solero, like as a kid, it's basically like, tastes very similar to that. So refreshing. Um, and another one is Bailey's. Like when you put Bailey's um. in our ice cream, because the alcohol, it makes it softer and smoother. So Bailey's is also really nice. But I kind of like, I, I always change my mind. Like I'm always trying different flavours. Yeah, Sometimes I good. want something more indulgent. Um, sometimes I want something more fruity, refreshing. Mm-hmm. So it always kind of varies. But yeah, they are, I, I, when, when I'm at the working at one of the counters, people go, "Oh, what do you recommend?" And it's so hard because like they all are honestly amazing. Yeah, there's none yeah. that I don't really like. No, they all sound so good. So what is next for Pan and Ice? So like when you're looking into the future a mm. bit, like how do you see Pan and Ice growing? Yeah, so we. The retail business we've just opened in Stratford. I want to open a few more locations in the UK, um, but not taking it too quick. Like we made that mistake before, so I want to, you know, open some more shops in really good areas, mm-hmm. um, and then franchise that business internationally. You know, places like America, places like the UAE. You know, I think Panama could do amazingly out yeah. there. Um, in addition, the online business, I want to, we've just launched at the time of recording this, we've literally just launched an electrical version of our DIY kits. Oh, wow. So it's like, whereas before the one, the other one you had to put in your freezer, wait till it gets cold, then make it. This new electrical one is literally like our machine, the kiosks in your house, because like the size of a small microwave, you put it on your counter, plug it in and you can make pan and ice at home. So that I see is really the future of the DIY business. Um, and I want to scale that, you know, everywhere. I think everyone would love one of those in their homes. Um, yeah. They are so fun. You, don't just, you, you you can make everything on there, whether it's frozen cocktails, ice cream, sorbet, frozen yogurt. Like It's so versatile. That's so cool. Um, and then events. We're kind of trying to become an all-in-house events agency where we're not just doing ice cream at events. We, we want to take over the whole event process, um, which we already are starting to do. So, yeah, I just kind of want to... You know, they're three completely separate parts of the business. They have their own businesses now. So I want to kind of scale them all. Um, That's you know, And the way I do that is just basically hiring amazing people because I can't do it myself anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, so I have really good teams that kind of manage each of those and I kind of give them the confidence to just go off and do it themselves. Yeah. And if they make mistakes, I always say to them, like, I made mistakes. That's how I am where I am today by learning from those mistakes. I want you to do the same. Yeah, absolutely. Um, 
but yeah, like I don't have a complete perfect set plan, but I know kind of we're going on the right, right direction. Yeah, and I'm, that I'm, sounds... I'm, I'm obsessed with growth, so I'll never kind of settle. I'll no. always want more and more. That sounds so good. And I'm so, very greedy. Yeah, well, that's great. I'm like greedy here. So when you mentioned the events and taking over that, what else would you? What else would that include? Yeah, so we we've started to diversify our product offerings. So as before, when we started, we were doing ice creams. Um, now clients come back to us they're going look we've already had your ice cream can we try something different so now we do everything we do whether it's drinks so we can do like cocktail bars you know we literally do everything we can do like crepes waffles ice creams um, we even manage all the savoury food part of it we don't actually do the savoury food but we've worked with so many cool vendors in the past um, where they you know we, we can recommend those people but we kind of yeah it's just like event management mm-hmm. but in our own way like yeah. making sure everything's really experiential like super high end because um, we kind of do know what we're doing now we've been doing it for like seven seven and a half years so we know how to put on a great event yeah um, yeah that's really cool and yeah so that's the idea with that and you mentioned at the beginning how you kind of said yes to everything mm. now that everything's kind of scaled and you've got three different stra- like parts of the business yeah do you find you have to say no now? And how yeah. is that? Is that quite difficult? Yeah, so, yeah, we used to say yes to everything and we used to put ourselves in really bad situations the whole time just because we were naive and silly. Um, <laughs> and, like, you know, whether it be an event, we'd go to stupid events and make no, lose loads of money or go to stupid locations for retail and do pop-ups in places that were just silly and we'd lose, again, loads of money. Um, so now, yeah, over the last few years, I've been I've managed to, like, say no to a lot more things um and I actually don't find it hard anymore I've kind of I, I can very quickly know whether something's worth our time or not um so I am very like particular in the things we do now I don't want to waste people's time mm-hmm. um so yeah I it, but it's also so important like to, to not say yes to everything because otherwise you just stretch everyone way too thinly and you're stretched way too thinly like I now try to work on the business, not in the business a lot more. So mm. I try and make sure my team's kind of the ones doing the things and I'm just kind of working on the creativity side, like looking how we can build the business. Um, yeah. And I can only do that if I, if, you know, I don't, I say no to a lot of things. Yeah, no, for um, sure. And looking back, those things that you did say yes to, mm. although they were a waste of time, mm. do you ever think, oh, well, like it was still good exposure? Yeah, Or do you think, sure. oh God, no, that was just a big mistake? No, it was, it was very, it was, it, it needs to happen because, you know, for example, we would say yes to opening in, so some of the locations, well, like Bristol wasn't great, um, there were some other locations as well that weren't great for us, but I would have, I wouldn't know they're not great unless I tried them, mm. so it kind of let me realise, you know, who my audience is, where do we work, you know, I've realised that we don't work well in fast-paced environments, so say in a train station for example when people are trying to get from A to B as quickly as possible they're not going to wait five minutes plus for an ice cream let's be honest mm-hmm. whereas before I was thinking oh yeah there's people there they're going to want an ice cream it just doesn't work like that also mm-hmm. the demographic of people like how old are they you know, you know there's there's loads of different things that I've learned from it's, I've learned them from mistakes yeah. um, so now I can literally look at a location I can go there for an afternoon say and like just observe the people there observe how people are moving and I can know whether Pan and Ice would work there or not very quickly mm-hmm. um, and that's all from you know the failures we've done in the past um, so yeah I, d- I don't see any of them as necessarily mis- mistake I think they, they were building blocks yeah um, no, for sure and they, you've got to go through them yeah I guess it's, a, it's an experience isn't it getting, mm. a, getting a Pan and Ice like you want people yeah. to film it. You want them to be engaged yeah. in the process. They can't like... be in a rush because it, it does take quite a while sometimes. Yeah. Like if there's a big queue, like yesterday I was at Western Stratford because it's our launch party there. 
And like, it was honestly like people waiting like half an hour just wow. to, you know, just to get an ice cream. So if you're in a rush, you're not going to wait half no, an hour for an ice cream. No so. way. Oh, wow. It's so great, though. And it's amazing how just an idea in Thailand has now gone on to this, like, business mm. where you've got DIY, you've got events. Like, mm. I bet at the time in Thailand you had no idea that yeah. it was going to create this amazing business. I yeah. I mean, I had no idea how hard it was going to be, but, yeah, I had <laughs> yeah. no idea it would go off into this direction. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't read... It's one of those things, as a founder, it's hard to like, look back and appreciate where you are because I'm always focused on future. So mm. I, I'm, never, I'm, I'm, not, I'm never really satisfied. I know I'm, I'm happy with where we're going, but I'm also like, there's a lot more we can do. Yeah. Um, so it, it's about finding that balance because otherwise you're just never, ever going to be satisfied. Yeah, yeah. So I do need to sometimes look back and appreciate what we have done. No, 100%. People always say to me, enjoy the journey. And I'm like, yeah. I don't have time to enjoy the journey. Yeah, no, it's a <laughs> typical thing. And then you realise that it's too late and your life's finished with it or whatever. But yeah, yeah. You, like, you, it is, like, you do need to sometimes take a step back and appreciate you know, the things that you have done. Um, yeah. No, for which sure. I, which I struggle to do sometimes, but yeah, yeah no, but it is amazing. You guys have done so well. And like yeah. you mentioned, seven years, like that's like, yeah, that's not actually that long when you think about yeah, it. And yeah, then there's yeah. so much more to go. So yeah. it's really exciting. Exactly. And that's with COVID, obviously, in there, that's taken out a few years of that. Yeah, exactly. No, that's super exciting. So, a tradition on the podcast is that we finish up every episode with the same question, which mm-hmm. is, what would be your last meal? So, mm starter main course and dessert what would it be uh starter would be like burrata yeah i love burrata with like tomatoes mm-hmm. um balsamic glaze salt and the burrata yeah i literally love yeah, that that's a good one um i'm very it sounds like i'm very italian my main would probably be like a really good ne- neapolitan like margarita yeah like like i love that as well i yeah. love italian food mm-hmm. um and then my dessert hmm i'm a massive dessert guy like, yeah that's um, a good thing as you've done pan. yeah yeah exactly <laughs> you can try everything yeah, yeah 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 i mean i should say pan and ice right now but <laughs> <laughs> um oh Wow, that's really hard. I really put you on the I love spot, hey? I love a melt in the middle chocolate chocolate pudding. Oh my god, yeah, yeah, they're so good. They're really good with like loads of ice cream and cold custard. That's Ooh, like yeah, yeah, I like go all in like. Yeah, that sounds amazing. That's probably yeah, a bit of me. Would it be chocolate? Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. chocolate like one of those goo puddings. Yeah. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. I actually had one the other day from Coconut Collaborative and it was unreal. Yeah, I've had that one yeah. as well. Yeah, yeah, I've tried most of them. Yeah, no, it was so good. Well, thank you so much for coming on. It's been so interesting to hear thank your you. journey and I'm so excited about what's to come. I feel like it's just going to keep growing and growing and growing. So yeah, really, really exciting. So thank you so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. Thank you guys so much for listening and I hope you enjoyed hearing the Pan and I story. I learned so much from this and not only has Henry got an amazing product but he's now got a brand which works across retail, DIY and events and I'm just super excited to see where this brand goes to next. Thanks again and see you next week.